Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single morning celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi, and as I always add, Mississippi for that matter, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. I'm so thrilled to be here this morning, and uh, we've got a great guest today. We're going to actually get right into it. One of the things that I do on this show is talk about entrepreneurship and innovation and all the things that we need to be doing as a set of communities to, to kind of raise the economic bar. And uh, I'm really pleased today to be joined by Tony Jeff, who's the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. Tony, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to, great to have you. We're going to talk in just a second about the uh, South Mississippi Angel Fund that's been developed. I was thrilled to, to read that my good friend, my, one of my best friends, Dave Dennis, is, is, uh, is really engaged in this effort. And we'll come back to that in just a second. But what I want to do is give, a, give people an idea of who you are and who, who Innovate Mississippi is and just kind of tell that story. So let's come back to Tony Jeff. <laughs> Where do you, tell me your story, Tony. So um, kind of an interesting, weird story. I um, graduated from Mississippi State after having grown up in Clinton, uh, went all over for many, many years. And uh, like a lot of Mississippians, wanted to find my way back home. I had a startup up in Chicago when I had been there and kind of caught the bug, even though that company ended up going under. And so when I was contacted by Innovate Mississippi, we were then the Mississippi Technology Alliance, but contacted by Innovate Mississippi, uh, I told them I'll, I'll be there next week, but uh, you can pretty much count on me finding a startup in the next year and leaving. Uh, but what I found over the years is seeing two or three new startups a week and helping those companies grow up and seeing some of those companies grow up, get funded, then join our board of directors Seeing that cycle over the years has just been so much more fun than, uh, and of course, during that time, I've uh, gotten married and have a family that probably would be harder for me to be an entrepreneur, but uh, it's been great working with entrepreneurs. Like we work with 8,500 of them a year, so it really is two or three new ones a week. You know, I've really enjoyed my time with a number of people talking about entrepreneurship. Um, you know, whether it be here locally with Ashley Edwards from the Gulf Coast Business Council or from people like Eric Hill, who's head of the Center for Entre Entrepreneurship at Mississippi. I know you know all these guys extraordinarily well. Um, uh, Michael McLaughlin, the, the entrepreneurial lawyer in Jackson and, and others. It's a, it's a, you know, we've got a lot of people focused on this subject, but there is a tremendous amount of innovation to unleash in this state, isn't there? It really is. And I think what we've seen over and over, universities have always be, been in the center of that activity. But what we're seeing is, you know, now with with space becoming so much more private, CINIS becomes a great opportunity, whereas before CINIS was an opportunity for contractors mostly to work with NASA and others. Now, as space is becoming private, that is a just tremendous entrepreneurial activity and labs like the Erdic Lab in Vicksburg, and then, of course, USM's focus on the blue tech and the oceans uh, activity and oceans technology. Those are really just emerging sectors in Mississippi, in addition to just a wave of students coming out of the universities that all want to be entrepreneurs. They don't want to go work in a factory for 30 years or go do something for 30 years of their career. They'd rather just play with a few of those ideas they have. Yeah, one of the things I like to uh, – we spend time on this show focusing on is that the perception of Mississippi – 
for those who live and work on the outside of Mississippi, their perception of us is often very different than what is actually taking place here. I've had so many amazing people on this show and share their stories who are not from Mississippi. One couple comes to mind that opened a business in Ocean Springs that came from uh, from Southern California and moved here. And what they talked about is that their perception of this place and then what they actually experienced here in terms of the business climate, in terms of the people, in terms of so many aspects of the culture here, just absolutely blew their mind. We, you, know, with Pete, you, you mentioned it just now, when people think about Mississippi, they don't think about Stennis Space Center and what's happening there or Ingalls, one of the largest shipbuilders in the United States and the technology that surrounds that. They don't think about, as you pointed out, the blue economy and what's happening with the blue economy and the opportunities that that brings to coastal Mississippi. I love the way that Eric Hill talks about it. He said, we have to build the kind of places where young people who are involved in innovation and entrepreneurship can, can uh, find a spouse. <laughs> I love that. Because you're talking about building, in some cases, maybe mixed-use communities downtown where people can live, work, and play in a very similar area. But the technology opportunities, and technology is a, is a big phrase that, that underneath lots of stuff can, can flow. But technology opportunities for Mississippi are really dramatic, aren't they? They really are. And I think, interestingly enough, we have, you know, there are various communities around the state that, that are able to do that in terms of attracting workers attracting entrepreneurs. And I think all of the communities are realizing more and more how important that is because uh, frankly, the old model of economic development of just trying to attract a large smokestack you know, company has pretty much died all over the country. And there are still some areas of Mississippi where uh, that can still work and there may be any job you know, would be helpful. But frankly, most of the communities need to focus on the higher end jobs, the knowledge economy jobs, and so what we're seeing is all the economic developers around the state are realizing that more and more, and it's become much a much greater focus of economic development in the state really in the last several years. Yeah, I had Scott Waller from the Mississippi Economic Council on this week, and of course they're doing this tour now, doing roundtables with business leaders, and you know they're talking you know the same theme. Of course, Ashley Edwards has been on many times from the Gulf Coast Business Council, along with people like Anthony Wilson, the president of Mississippi Power Company, and uh, William Yates from Yates Construction. You know, all these guys play huge roles in the state uh, as a le in volunteer leadership role in this area. But every, they all talk the same thing. If you if you go back and look at the Gulf Coast Business Council and the MEC as their their evolving strategic plan for Mississippi, it's completely different than the way it used to be. I mean, we're not. We're, I mean, certainly there's going to be a part of what we do. That's chasing the big factories and the industrial developments, et cetera. But man, as you pointed out, the, the key to success going forward is in, is in building places, building entrepreneurial communities, building technology communities that really, and, and the kind of places people want to live in, that attract the workers. And if you attract the workers, you're going you're gonna to get more entrepreneurship, you're going to have more people who can work remotely, and you'll have just more workers for the businesses that may want to relocate to your community. You know, it's, it's, it's really a big, it's kind of a big change in the way uh, uh, economic development is approached, just overall, isn't it? It is. And I think, you know, frankly, in Mississippi, the Mississippi Gulf Coast has so many big, better advantages from all of its communities than really any, most any other area of the state. Literally, as you go, you know, just from west to east across, there are communities uh, within every 10 miles, there are communities that could fit almost any type of, you know, lifestyle in terms of whether people want to be on the beach or 
they want to be in a community with great schools and and that's not true everywhere in Mississippi. So I think the Mississippi Gulf Coast has a tremendous advantage in terms of growing those companies there and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I mean, we're based in Jackson, but we work all over the state. But we're seeing a whole bunch of activity uh, in on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And it's just because it is exactly that communities people want to live. It, it is. You know, it's interesting. After Hurricane Katrina, I was I worked very closely with, with Haley Barber and a team of local uh, volunteers to sort of kind of map out what are the infrastructure needs going to be going forward? What what are the opportunities for our coastal communities going forward? And, you know, we hired Andreas Duani, the father of new urbanism. We got a hundred architects and planners from around the world, including the Prince of Prince of uh, Princess Foundation. And uh, it was amazing, though, that at the time we were talking about, you know, making sure that we rebuilt these walkable communities, this sense of place that exists in each of these communities that make up coastal Mississippi. That was back in 2005, 2006. We were having these conversations because we already you know, we already had arrived at a place that said if we can build this unique sense of place. We can we can do something really special. And I, of course, after Katrina, it was simply saying, "Don't lose that. Don't, that's the heart and soul of this community. It's the collection of those unique senses of places that makes Coast of Mississippi so special." And and you know, if you go, you know, now fast forward 16 years, uh, we've been really working hard to do that. From Bay St. Louis, you see what's happening there to Ocean Springs and all points in between. We've created this collection of communities that really gives us the foundation. I mean, I, I should ask you also. I should always add this collection of coastal communities because people want to live they want to live a place that's a coastal community they want to feel that that beach life they want to be able to go down and sit stand in the sand and look south and listen to some beautiful music and collect their thoughts we've got the core is here for us to be successful and with the bookends you know angles on one end and Stennis space center on the other as you point out man we've got a lot to work with don't we absolutely and i think you know, again, the communities, even if you didn't have blue tech and the ocean and space and shipbuilding, the communities would be a natural draw for entrepreneurs anyway. But but I think adding to that, I mean, we're seeing in blue tech and in the privatization of space, companies that are moving to Mississippi uh, to be close to Stennis, to be close to the activity the University of Southern Mississippi is doing with their blue economy activity. Uh, it's sort of for USM like what we saw with Palmer's. Uh, where folks were moving to Hattiesburg from all over the country to be close to the Palmer Science. We're seeing that already with a couple of companies moving close to uh, Gulfport operations and the other operations USM has on the coast. We're talking to Tony Jeff. Tony is the uh, president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. And when we come back, I want to talk about what is an angel fund? Let's, let's, what, what, what kind of angel funds exist across the state? Who's involved in that? You know, what, what kind of people are involved in contributing to angel funds? And then we'll talk specifically about a South Mississippi angel fund that's been announced. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. We'll see you after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coastview. We're talking about innovation and entrepreneurship and angel funds, and we'll specifically get to this in just a second. But it's the uh, it's the the formation of a South Mississippi angel fund, and we're talking with Jeff, uh, excuse me, Tony Jeff, who's the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. Tony, you know. Angel funds, for those of us who understand what they do, are really critical. I mean, across the country, communities that have had real success in entrepreneurship. I spent time in New Orleans. You know, the the uh, Idea Village spent a lot of time matching angel funds with with potential uh, companies they could invest in, et cetera. The, co- the communities that do this well, um, they, they've had a lot of success. So why don't we just start with the whole notion of what is an angel fund? What kind of people invest in those funds, et cetera? Then we'll kind of evolve into Mississippi's angel fund network and how many people are involved in that. And then we'll get specifically to the South Mississippi Angel Fund after all that. So talk to me about an angel fund to begin with for, for well, someone who doesn't I, really understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important. People know a little about venture capital and the like. But I mean, Shark Tank is the easiest explainer for what angels investors do. Uh, where individuals hear pitches, uh, not large fund managers like venture capital, but individuals would hear pitches from companies and invest in them. And we've had this angel network, about 300 individuals around the state for many years. And But what we found is that individuals have a hard time uh, covering the a wide enough uh, breadth in terms of industry, also in terms of diversification. And as every investor in our group, we'd always tell them, look, don't make one investment, make two a year for the next four years if you, because you need to diversify in this space as well. But it's difficult for an individual to do that. And so our angel investor network many times would have four or five people interested, but they didn't quite have the individual expertise to, to do the due diligence and close the deal. These angel funds then allow collectively 18 to 20 investors each with different experience, different industries, to then rely on each other to make those investments and build a portfolio that's going to be automatically diversified. So what we've done with the North Mississippi Angel Fund, the Central Mississippi Angel Fund, and now the South Mississippi Angel Fund, is we've just gotten angel investors from the regions together. Uh, It's a really unique situation because Innovate Mississippi is actually not involved in any way once it's up. Uh, We help bring them together, but they're member-managed funds. So, uh, matter of fact, we, we're prepping deals all the time that we're taking to investors. And sometimes even after we've helped form the fund, the fund says, no, nah, I don't like that one. I don't want to hear that one. Uh, but that's just part of the deal. Those individuals will make those decisions. Uh, but it allows the collective um, experience and industry knowledge and other things like that to come together to make investments in the region. Uh, interestingly, the North Mississippi Angel Fund and Central Mississippi Angel Fund did not choose to specify the region in which they would invest. They were just going to invest whatever deals they saw, but probably seeing mostly local and regional deals. But the South Mississippi Angel Fund in the design process said, we only we want to see at least half the deals we want to invest in from South Mississippi, from really Hattiesburg South. So that's put into their uh, off, uh, their operating agreement and everything as, as they're starting to get together, as they're saying from the beginning, they want to invest half or more in South Mississippi companies. Where you guys have actually amassed over 300 investors. How how do you, where do these investors come from? Well, so we started trying to build the angel fund in about 2005, uh, just starting with some uh, some board members and others that we reached out to. 
that 300 person list, they're not all active, as you might guess. Uh, before the pandemic, we would go do a road show in, say, Oxford, Jackson, and the coast, and you might expect 10 to 20 individuals there. And we, when we would tape it, another 20 or 25 would watch the pitch. Uh, but um, it was always a rotating group because folks will come in and out. Uh, I mentioned they should all diversify, but many of them, unfortunately, come into the network all excited, fall in love with the company, write one big check, and we never see them again. Uh, <laughs> if, if that big check was to say FNC and Oxford that made 46 millionaires out of the deal, then they come back. But if, a lot of times the deals don't work out as nicely as that. Um, so that's the group that we then pull together into these angel funds like we're doing here in South Mississippi. Well, you and I mentioned, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and then we talked a little bit about during the break, but uh, Dave Dennis of Specialty Contractors is a board member, and he's been heavily involved in starting the South Mississippi Angel Fund. But Dave's a special dude, isn't he? He is, and he's been a board a member for our board of directors for Innovate Mississippi for a while. And so one of the people we had relied on when we first started looking at the South Mississippi Angel Fund and he helped bring together, we've had actually 12 individuals involved in South Mississippi and designing the fund, like how large the fund units would be and how the decision making would be done and the idea they would focus in the region, all of that design work. It's kind of the boring back end, but it's important because you don't want to have a fund with, you know, that doesn't fit the region. And uh, interestingly enough, the fund size in terms of how many, you know, what the unit size is, all that. Is kind of part of that design process that we've, we've done, and Dave helped us pull that together, and we were very excited about that. So how much money is going to be in the South Mississippi Angel Fund initially? It's being designed as a million-dollar fund, but the way the fund is designed, most of the members will probably contribute alongside to deals they like as well. So we would, if it follows the, the model for the North Mississippi Angel Fund, uh, which has been around now for a couple of years, they might invest three times the actual money they put in. So in a typical deal, the fund may say, we're gonna put in 80,000 into every deal. And then the members who like that deal more will write side checks. Um, we actually have a situation like that right now where the North Mississippi Angel Fund with a company on the coast is gonna deploy you know, more, more money through the side checks than they are through the actual fund. So you probably see investments of two to three million as a result of the fund. That's a good thing though. I mean, that's a good thing. You want investors to get excited about innovation and an idea that has the opportunity to really pay dividends. That's what the whole process is about. It's about matching people who have those resources with people who have the idea and the wherewithal, who are burning the midnight oil, who have a great idea and who's willing to kind of push it forward. And at the end of the day, certainly they're investing in ideas, but they're often investing in entrepreneurs, aren't they? They're, they're buying an entrepreneur. Uh, talk more about that. Well, so the, the individual entrepreneur, I mean, the businesses will pivot many times uh, after they, even after they take an investment. So believing in that entrepreneur and that team, and it's almost always a team of at least a couple of folks that are, you know, typically able to raise capital. Um, and that is a big part of, of what they're doing. And it's also the reason why at this stage, angel investors like to be close to their investments. So venture capital companies contact us all the time wanting to see Mississippi deals and they're staying in California and they will keep invest and they will invest in Mississippi if it's the right deal. But angel investors want to be close by. It's the reason why we started the angel network and are doing these angel funds. If that angel investor is in Nashville or Austin or even New Orleans, 
they're pulling those companies there, and we don't want that to happen, right? We want those companies to grow up here in Mississippi. Uh, wow, that's you know that's actually a really really important piece of this. We we want these companies to be successful in Mississippi. Uh, so I was having a conversation with Steve Azor, and he was talking about a young man who's had incredible blues success in Europe. He said, well, go to Europe and have your success, but get your butt back to Mississippi when it's all said and done. We don't want any brain drain, whether it's entrepreneurs or artists or whatever it might be. We need to keep our people here. And, you know, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, that's one of the big challenges we face is, is fighting brain drain. And this is this is one of the ways to do that, isn't it? It is. And I, honestly, I, I left the state for 10 years before coming home. So I feel a little bit like a hypocrite uh, when folks live. But the main thing is we need to get them back. Right. Let them go and have that you know, experience somewhere else. As long as we have communities that can bring them back. And honestly, a lot of these folks that live in other places discover once they have a family, how much more difficult it is uh, to raise a family in a different environment like that or in a city or in other uh, spots like that. And so. Uh, getting, the, of course, it's nice to keep them here in the first place, but having communities that can draw them back, having these kind of opportunities. And, you know, these companies are hiring, um, you know, lots of folks too. I mean, the companies that we're working with after they're getting funded are generally going through, it's what they're doing, why they need money is to grow. And so it's a big opportunity uh, to, to then bring back folks in these startup environments. And not every startup will be successful. It's a very risky business. But uh, at the same time, those that do, you know, the, the sky's the limit in terms of what they can do. Well, all may not be successful. That's just kind of sort of the name of the game. I mean, that's that just goes with the territory. But the reality is when when organizations like Innovate Mississippi, through things like the Angel Fund or any other efforts that you guys are involved in, brings focus to opportunities to innovate and help teach entrepreneurs the sort of support mechanisms that are available to them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're trying to create sort of a an environment where they have a good chance to succeed. They're surrounded by people who can help them be, be successful. So when it's a more coordinated effort, when it's a more passionate effort, when it's driven by people like you and all the people you've been able to amass, we give those entrepreneurs a better opportunity to succeed, don't we? We do, and frankly, they need that model too. They just, many of these companies will leave without even giving it a chance. Uh, I've had that happen, but if they can see a company that can be successful in Mississippi, they will follow that model. I know they will. Well, look, Tony, Jeff, we're out of time for today, but I look forward to you visiting with me here on Coast View on a regular basis. I've been been looking forward, actually, to, to meeting you and getting to know you better. I'm, I'm very, very aware of the efforts of Innovate Mississippi, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me this morning. Well, thank you for having me. Love to be back anytime. You bet. We'll be back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.